Welcome to the VMOX Road to Mobile Victory podcast. Enterprise mobility is bigger and more complicated than ever. In this series, we'll talk about the latest trends, inspiring success stories, and simple and effective tips for managing your corporate mobile assets, expenses, and services. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Andrea Leiby, Director of Marketing at VMOX. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the evolution of end-user service or help desk for enterprise mobility and what the future looks like. Joining me today is Mike Saxby, VMOX Vice President of Sales. Welcome, Mike. Thank you, Andrea. Appreciate having me. So, fun stat to start our conversation today. So, the TV show Office was 2020's most streamed show by far, and I know we're into 2022 now. Um, but apparently during the beginning of the pandemic, our nostalgia was in full force. I know one of my personal favorite quotes said, Kelly, I talk a lot, so I've learned to tune myself out. I can certainly relate to that one. What's, do you have a favorite television show or, or movie? Yeah, uh, Andrea, I kind of have a lot. Um, I'll start <laughs> with television show. Uh, right now for me, it, it really has been uh, Ted Lasso. I'd say it's, you know, it, it just gives you the ability to have a break for a little bit, uh, smile, have a little bit of seriousness. Uh, on the movie side, I'm, I'm a bit of a junkie. So since mm-hmm. we're, you know, coming off the holidays, I would say that uh, the new Spider-Man movie was an absolute blast. I mean, it was just it, it was just a couple hours of total and complete fun. Uh, if you've listened to some of our uh, other podcasts, I have kids. Uh, Sing 2 um, was just a riot of a movie, both for adults and children. Um, personally, I'm a huge Matrix fan, so oh. the most recent Matrix coming out was a big deal. Uh, yes, I was the guy there on opening night, although I, I did not dress up as Neo uh, for the record. I would say from that one, the first 30 to 45 minutes I thought was absolutely fantastic. I think they did a great job of actually giving you a, a story that you could believe about how they got uh, Neo back into the Matrix. Uh, I, I'll leave it at that. Uh, obviously, since I'm only talking about the thir- first 30 to 45 minutes, you could probably guess what I thought about the rest of the movie, but definitely still worth a see. And then I feel like the most recent Bond has been a little bit controversial, but... For me, probably my favorite. I'm a huge Bond guy. Um, I found it to be really dark and, and really gritty. And, you know, that's kind of what I've learned to expect from Daniel Craig as James Bond. And I really <laughs> like that about his sort of run of that series. And I thought they ended it well. So a- as you can see, I'm probably a complete and total movie junkie. We could probably spend the entire podcast talking about that. But we should probably move on and uh, get on to the topic of why we're, why we're here. All right, well, we'll do a separate podcast on movies. Um, but speaking of kind of reboots, uh, let, let's take a quick look back. Uh, do you know or have a history behind kind of when Service or Help Desk was first introduced and, you know, how it came about? Um, I think I do a bit, but why don't you tell me? Well, so according to LinkedIn, it wasn't until about the late 1980s or the early 1990s that Help Desk was actually born. Uh, Help Desk is a term that was coined by IBM in the 1980s, and it was really born out of necessity. So the PC was being used by people working in corporations, by home users who now needed support. So a little bit of a, a history history lesson for you. Yeah, very interesting. What, what I think is interesting is, you know, we're – 
kind of talking a little bit about the shift in help desk and service desk and you know to know that it was created out of a necessity from an explosion of personal computers now we're having an explosion of mobile devices that are just as powerful as personal computers so kind of not surprised that we're back to this topic yet again Yes, and I would say some other big milestones. I know people talk about 2007, Microsoft killed off Mr. Clippy, office assistant. So if you were really attached to that, you no longer got support that way. And I think, you know, mobile devices really took off the last decade or so. Obviously, if everyone remembers, having a BlackBerry, then you had the launch of the iPhone, various Android phones and tablets. So all of that kind of increased the complexity around support. Um, and so today, you know, I would say that service desk looks different. So how would you, how would you kind of, from what you've heard from businesses, what is the complexity of service desk today? Yeah, we're great question, Andrea. Um, we're really seeing service desk as a more complex offering. So, you know, the complexity has increased, um, service desk has to support, you know, more types of devices now. And to be frank, those devices do a whole bunch more. Uh, there's a lot more that I can do on my mobile device now than I could five years ago. So it's not a surprise that that service desk has to be more advanced and has to be able to support that employee with more questions. I mean, as we've talked about, and if for those of you that haven't listened to the previous podcast, the, the rise of the app marketplace and all of these applications right? Service desk, at least with a mobile device, isn't just supporting somebody who's making phone calls and sending text. You know, this is a very advanced, a, a mobile phone, a smartphone these days is a very advanced, uh, sophisticated enterprise device that requires quite a bit of, you know, complex and additional support. You know, one of the other things that we're seeing in the support of mobile devices is around mobile device management software. Uh, most organizations today require that uh, a mobile device be enrolled in a mobile device management or MDM software enable to access uh, corporate data. Uh, and, you know, employees, the process of ensuring that a device is properly enrolled can be a rather complex process. So th there's very specific types of support that has to occur with these mobile devices so an employee can be functional with them and do their job. What's also interesting, Andrea, in that mobile device management discussion is that there's been a really big shift in the marketplace. And so mm -hmm. in the early days of mobile device management, there were a handful of platforms that, that I would say all had somewhat similar adoption. You know, platforms like Mobile Iron, uh, AirWatch now, Workspace ONE, et cetera. What we've seen over the last couple of years is that Microsoft uh, sort of, to a certain degree, kind of came out of nowhere with Intune and is now the dominant leader in that marketplace. Mm. And most organizations 
if they're not on Microsoft Intune, are either in the process of migrating to or evaluating Intune as their mobile device management. So over the last couple of years, and the trend is definitely still continuing, we're seeing a lot of demand for support of migration from one mobile device management to another mobile device management. Now, at some point, that's going to change, but I tell you that that's not changing likely this year and or next year. Hmm. Another big difference in Service Desk is around the ability to support employees, frankly, when they're working. Uh, you know, as we all know, COVID changed how people worked. Uh, initially, everybody worked from home. And I think now we, you know, as we all agree, it's the hybrid work. But probably the biggest change there is that businesses have become more flexible and employees are working in a lot of cases in non-standard times. And businesses are having to support that with greater coverage. So it's you know, it used to be that a service desk could operate in some cases in very in a small segment of hours or that segment of hours was aligned with, you know, your typical nine to five. Yeah. What we're seeing now is that employees work at different times and that's supported by the business. So the service desk also has to align with that. So we're seeing much greater demand for things like 24 by 7, 365. And then... You know, a couple other things, but, uh, you know, really only two more. The productivity applications are, are really starting to change how people want to work, which means it's changing how people want to be supported. So as we're seeing the rise of applications like Teams and Slack and Zoom and all of these others, it's, it's changing the way that an employee works on a day-to-day -day basis. And what's happening is, is a lot of organizations are going, well, we now have to support our employees through those applications. We're, we're seeing a lot of companies going, I, I don't want to claim email's dead, and a lot of people are, <laughs> but they're shifting away from email as a way to provide support. They're shifting away in some cases from a phone call as a way to provide support unless it's an advanced complex need, right? So, yeah. you know, leveraging those productivity applications, leveraging bots and AI. So the whole, I would say, Andrea, the whole framework around when we support somebody and how we support somebody it is definitely changing. And then pushing that change along is how employees want to be supported. And one of the examples that happened for me recently is a huge coffee fan. Uh, my Nespresso is probably my most favorite machine in my house. I couldn't live without it. Uh, you might laugh at me a little bit, Andrea, but like on summer vacations, if we drive, I legitimately- you take it with you? pack that thing up and I take it with me. I mean, I'd put it on an airplane, to be perfectly honest. That's how addicted I am. And so I recently needed support with my Nespresso machine. Uh, and so in that, I went, I sent him an email. I got the response back, you know, hey, you'll be lucky. You know, they didn't say you'll be lucky. But, you know, I, what I read into it is you'll be lucky if we'll get back to you in 48 hours. I found a 1-800 number, called that, wait time was crazy, and then it just kind of hit me. I wonder if they're on Facebook. So hopped on my iOS device, went to Facebook, and went, huh, 
They're on there, Facebook Messenger. Send them a message. Literally within five minutes, my support request was completely and totally taken care of. And so yeah. as a consumer, and, and you know, you know, maybe my age, I'm showing my age that it took me a while to get to that place. I think people younger immediately go to that place. Yeah. But I think what's happening is employees are recognizing that they in their consumer life are supported differently now. And they're expecting their corporation to support them in a similar way. They want that same, you know, call it business to business experience that they're getting in their consumer life. And they are going to push corporations to provide that type of support if it's not being provided already. Yeah, very true. So, you know, what what do what should businesses prioritize when they're looking for, you know, mobile help desk services to ensure that they're really future proof? How do, what do, what do they look for? How do they really make sure that they're going to tick all those boxes? Yeah, I think one of the things to start with is more of a what I would call a proactive approach that's customized to meet the needs of the employee, right? So we have employees, different ages, different walks of life, whatever that might be. We need to support them effectively. And that is going to be, you know, what maybe you'd call a multi-channel strategy. And we want to be proactive in that. And we want to leverage automated tools to reduce manual effort, right? So, you know, scripting, you know, prioritization based on, you know, roles, titles, whatever that might be, uh, management against policies, leveraging things like bots and AI, you know, having the ability to be multi-channel and, and respond accordingly. And then I know, Andrea, one of the things that we're doing within our business to help our customers is also using data and analytics to predict needs. Uh, and yeah. sometimes that can be, Andrea, really basic, right? So, you know, if a, a user, say through chat, is chatting about a device that they recently received, they received it today, and there's a chat back and forth about the activation of that device that comes in, say, early morning Eastern. But later in the day, there's, you know, Eastern, there's a phone call into the help desk. The ability for that help desk agent to quickly be aware and be prompted uh, and even be given a script, you know, in, let's say, Andrea, you're the person we're talking about and you're calling in and, you know, answer the phone. Andrea, I see this morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, you tried activating a device, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're calling on the same day. So intelligently going, you know, are you calling about this same ticket? Great. Yes, you are. And immediately, here are the four things that we know need to happen to troubleshoot that. So being proactive and being prepared and providing that, what I would call sort of customized experience without having to go through all of the, you know, here are 15 standard questions. It's, we already know a lot about this. Why don't we predict what we believe is the support need and already be ready to address that. So what traditionally might have been a 10 or 15 minute phone call could wrap up in less than 60 seconds and create a much better employee experience. So, you know, a lot of it is just what we're seeing around that sort of 
you know, using data and analytics to better manage that process. The other thing is, as and and again, if you know anybody that's listening to this podcast kind of hasn't listened to some of our others, as the complexity of these devices has increased and the marketplace apps and the ability to do more, the need for domain expertise around providing support is more important now than ever before for organizations to consider. You know, that specialty of, I know how to support this device. Again, we'll just go back to when these were cellular devices and you could make phone calls and you could text. You could handle that in a broad-based sort of service desk environment. Mm -hmm. Now that these devices are highly specialized and complex and are running native applications, that service desk has to be highly knowledgeable to properly support the requests that are coming in. You know, additionally, we're also seeing in it, kind of as I talked about before, the ability to have multiple contact methods, right? It's it's no longer the service desk is just, you know, you call into an 800 number, you hit an IVR, you hit option three. Kind of in that example that I gave, There's multiple different methods at which people need to be supported, honestly, based on the need or based on the request. And so I think that's a a large change that's happening. One of the things that we're even seeing internal to our business, and I know in a lot of the IT organizations that we talk to, is also that peer-to-peer support. It's not always that a, a, a service desk or support request has to go to what would traditionally be IT. Sometimes that can come through a a peer-to-peer, and a lot of those peer-to-peer support are happening because of the rise in those productivity applications. So, you know, I I think all of that sort of follows logic. Uh, Additionally, we're seeing, you know, and again, you know, from our perspective of, you know, supporting mobile devices and traditionally what would be, you know, cellular devices, we're seeing a significant increase in the demand for non-cellular devices, Uh, especially right now within the enterprise, this migration or shift that we're seeing from organizations that are going, we'll take that traditional PC and laptop and we're now replacing that with, you know, an iPad. And so those devices, and yes, there are devices, there are iPads and Samsung tablets that, you know, can connect to the carrier, but we're seeing a lot of organizations because they're using them to replace laptops, having them as non-connected devices. And in some cases, the support of that type of device is very different than the support of a mobile device. So we're, we're definitely seeing a, what I would say a growth in the number of devices. Uh, and this could even also fall into things like IoT and machine to machine. So all those, mm-hmm. those devices are connected. In some cases, there are different types of service requests that would come in for, again, what would just be a non, what would we would consider to almost be sort of that non-standard device. So we're definitely seeing growth in the types of devices that are being supported. And then also on the service desk side, and this goes along with, you know, every, I'd say a very common trend that we're seeing overall in IT, which is really just that focus on automation. And there are so many areas with service desks that if you look back to talking about, you know, back in the 80s when IBM developed this, 
the legacy service desk was one of a manual process and was predominantly based on that calling in and getting support over a phone call. What we're finding now is that we can automate a lot of those interactions and in many cases complete and close out tickets without an a lot of cases even getting somebody on a phone call. So Mm -hmm. really just a shift in the mindset and focus of how can we automate these transactions, get a better, faster result, have a better employee experience. Yeah. And I would say also reserving that skilled staff maybe for other things or, you know, reducing the need for a very large staff, I guess, to support a large variety of, of needs. Yeah, Andrea, that's a that's a great point. I mean, with everything that we're seeing with the shortage of workers and talent, I think I, I can't imagine that there's an organization out there that isn't looking exactly at that and going, how do we do more with less? And how do we take our high quality talent and only have them supporting things that we can't automate or that require additional steps that can't be achieved through that, you know, that digitization of a workflow, et cetera. So couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, you know, as those businesses are looking to kind of fill those gaps on their teams, you know, whether it's with the skill sets or just extra hands, kind of like you mentioned, you know, outsourcing your mobile service desk can be a huge help. And I think a lot of organizations have found that out. You know, on the flip side, I think some people have found out when you're vendor that you've outsourced these services to does not perform and you're left returned picking up the slack, um, you know, your own productivity can suffer. So our clients definitely tell us it pays dividends to have a partner that knows what they're doing and has that domain expertise that they're looking for. So thank you, Mike, as always for joining and sharing your thoughts. Yeah. You know, Andrea, in that last comment, you know, one of the things that we didn't talk about, but I think it goes right along with that is that there's also the, I would call it the consistency experience or the lack of a singular point of failure, right? So mm-hmm. we are seeing a lot of, it's a lot of the feedback. So I'd say this is this is feedback that we're getting where organizations are coming and going, hey, we have a handful or a very small group of employees that are doing this. If we lose one or two of them, uh, you know, our, 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 our service desk sort of blows up, right? Yeah. And so... There are a lot of benefits that they're seeing to having, you know, a a third party that has a a greater ability to scale and isn't a single point of failure failure to ensure that as some of these staffing issues as they continue, you know, one or two people leaving the business doesn't have this awful negative impact. So it's an interesting thing that you brought up that, you know, we're just hearing a lot in the in the marketplace about. Yeah, very true. Very true. Well, I look forward to continuing the conversation around mobility management best practices on another show. As always, thank you again and have a great day. Thank you, Andrea. Appreciate you hosting. From all of us here at VMOX, thank you for listening. Remember, mobile victory can be yours. Just trust in the experts. We'll see you next time on the road to mobile victory. To learn more, visit us at vmox.com or follow us on LinkedIn.